Hey there, I'm Ani Michalski, wellness coach, therapist, and mom to half a dozen amazing kiddos. This podcast is for moms who desperately need a break, but refuse to take one. You know who you are. You have a jam-packed schedule, and you're so busy doing everything for everyone else, you don't leave any time for you. What's up with that? Well, no more. Take off your superwoman cape and learn how to put yourself on your to-do list. This is the Moms Without Capes podcast. If you've been listening to the Moms Without Capes podcast for a while, you know it's an absolutely amazing show. Here's what Amelia, a loyal subscriber and former guest, has to say about it. Ani is amazing. Want to meet a mom for coffee, but, well, because of 95 different reasons right now, you just can't? Tune into this podcast instead. You'll laugh, learn something, and feel reassured that you're not the only one wondering if they'll ever get this momming thing right. You can hear more from Amelia on episode 37, where she shares how to rebuild your relationship with food. I would love for you to leave a review and perhaps you'll hear it read on a future episode of this very podcast. Wouldn't that be cool? If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe to the show as well. Thanks for tuning in today, and I want you to know that I appreciate you. Hey, did you know that there's a Facebook group filled with moms without capes? Women who are learning that it's safe to take off the superwoman cape and take care of themselves? There sure is, and we'd love to have you in the group. Moms Without Capes is a free community for moms who feel overwhelmed, stressed out, and exhausted from trying to do it all. Come discover who you are under that cape and give yourself permission to show yourself some love. Search Moms Without Capes when you're in Facebook or follow the link in the show notes of this podcast episode. See you there. We have here today on the Moms Without Capes podcast, Suzanne Kohlberg. Welcome to the show, Suzanne. Thank you so much for having me, Oni. Yeah, I'm excited for this conversation. Me too. So Suzanne is a renowned author and coach who specializes in empowering overgivers and people pleasers to establish healthy boundaries and confidently say no without the guilt. Her approach is frank and practical, and her quirky t-shirts are a testament to her unique personality. Suzanne resides in Sydney, Australia with her loving husband and two amazing children. In today's episode, Suzanne will be sharing with us how having boundaries can heal our inner people pleaser. But before we dive into that, can you share with us more about your journey and what brought you to be where you are today? Oh, where to begin? It's so funny because some people are like, oh, as long as you don't start when I was a child. I'm like, well, it did. <laughs> I think so many of us are conditioned as, as young children. You know, I can remember being told children are seen and not heard don't ask for anything and it being like a badge of honor and how inadvertently that causes some like long-term ripple effects. I I remember in some of my very first jobs being like really cold and wishing they'd turn down the air or having something happen, but being so totally unable to ask, like being like almost frozen because I'm used to being yelled at if I asked for anything. And I, I'm the youngest of four And my mum went back to work when I went to school. So she would often drop me at places to be babysat until she finished work. Makes sense. And I remember one time I forgot my water bottle. It doesn't sound like much of a thing. And my mum worked till like nine at night. And when she finally came to get me, I was like running at the door, like, let's go. I left my water in the car. 
And the person who was watching me was like, why didn't you just ask? Like, I I didn't even think to offer you a drink. Um, You could have just helped yourself. And just the little things that go unnoticed, unassumed in this household, this is how it's done, that we don't communicate when people come over because we don't think to. So basically I had a a lifelong habit of being the (laughs) people pleaser. I, I I love it. I heard it recently called people pleasers are exploding doormats. I was like, it's so perfect because I'd always call myself a doormat, but you get to the point where you just can't take it anymore and then you yeah. just lose it. Yeah. Usually not at the person who you're actually mad at. Like right. you hold it at work or you hold it with your in-laws or you hold it whatever and then you get home and your partner Explode. and your kids cop, cop the brunt of it. <laughs> so that that was my journey and that was where I was. And I also concurrent to this had a lifelong struggle with my weight I used to weigh twice what I did now so everything every time that I couldn't speak up or I couldn't you know I wanted to take up less space emotionally physically the counteraction to that would be staying up late eating stuff and you know not taking care of my health and I tried every diet that I that I heard of and many I wished I hadn't and it wasn't till I was like I'm never dieting again that I actually explored the link between my overeating was never that I didn't know what to do. I just had to find the right diet or the right supplement or the right shake. Right, right. Well, yeah. <laughs> I get it. But it was I just like <laughs> being able to say no, like mm. to to request or being able to ask, you know, for what my needs to be met. Because so often if we don't ask, people won't know. People aren't mind readers. Um, as a testament to that lady who was like, oh, my goodness, I never think to offer you a drink. <laughs> right, right. Um, it wasn't her job. Also, like <laughs> yeah, and when you do ask, being okay with some people saying no to you. Like, you know, I ask for things all the time and sometimes people are like, how do you get that? I'm like, I asked. But for every no, for every yes, there's probably three or four no's. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like, yeah, I might have had this opportunity or got to do this thing, but there's countless other things that was like, no or hell no but not right. make it mean anything about me as a person it's just it doesn't suit them <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but being able to say no yeah I've, I've had quite a similar journey as you Suzanne like um super interesting so now you are at the par- point where you have taken what you've learned how to overcome your people-pleasing tendencies and you help others do you mm-hmm. do you, um mostly women right or do you see men and women what do you Um, you find almost exclusively women so my program my group program is for women I I have asked before would you be comfortable and they're like no that feel more comfortable with being women only and I wouldn't be opposed to running like a men's group down the line but you know I'd need numbers and everything like (laughs) I'm the note coach if people ask me for things and they're like what about this and what about that and I'm like it's got to be viable I think you know as martyrs we tend to take care of everyone else. I could do that, sure. But right. then our own needs aren't being met or it's, you know, it's not um, a sustainable thing. So it's like, if you want this, great, go find me 10, you know, nine other men. Let's make yeah. a group. I'll go right. for it. Oh, but I don't have, it's like, well, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you only have so much bandwidth. and it's, Exactly. Yeah. You've got to protect your own time and resources in order instead of just continually give, give, give. Because that's when you get to be that exploding doormat that you were. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Because the thing is, you think, yeah, I could do this, but we only have so much time. And I was just listening to your podcast. That for anyone listening, you did an episode, uh, I think it was back in April, about saying no. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yeah, time is the is a resource that is limited, is finite, and we don't know how much we have. So when we're like, sure, yes, okay, 
often we do that in the moment to people please or out of a fear of saying no but then there's this repercussion of like I need to find how many hours this is like the biggest one I see with so many mums is um after school activities like your kids want to do x y and z like at the moment my kids both want to do rock climbing I'm like upside they both want to do it this is great yeah yeah. (laughs) downside something's gonna have to give because we're we're currently at capacity so it's like so do you want to give up gymnastics no do you want to give up swimming no well no we can't do rock climbing at this time it becomes a school holiday thing you know because that's that's how they found it on the holidays and they enjoyed it and i thought it was great it's great for fitness but um and not fitness in (laughs) amongst everything else but recognizing how much capacity you have to be able to say no. And what a great thing you're teaching your kids. Like, no, you know, we live in our thing because we've got a lot of kids. And so we always were like one sport, one season, like per season, because otherwise we don't have enough, like we can't support them in the way that we want to be supporting them. If we're feeling yes. so spread out and right yeah, now, well, you have six kids, I believe, don't you? So yes, yeah, yeah, so, I have two. So they get, they're allowed two things, but yeah. same thing. <laughs> yeah. So for, for at home and just this year was the first year that we've been, we've allowed our daughter to do volleyball and tennis right now in the spring as we're recording this, but she also drives. So it's not oh, our responsibility. Yes. Like that, that changed things a bit in this season, but our younger ones were like, mm, no, <laughs> you know, a hundred percent. And it not teaches ever. them about, yeah. teaches them about, um, you know, for, for us, it's, it's travel, like to get there, there's part mm-hmm. of it, there's cost because, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm like, yeah, none of these things possible. are free. Um, there's time and then there's fitting it amongst our work. And it's just basically explaining life to them because, my kids have just started playing The Sims. Apparently it's making a resurgence. Yeah. Do you remember that computer yes. game? <laughs> and my youngest, he's playing it, and he's like, oh, this person keeps stealing my stuff. <laughs> anyway, I said to my husband, show him how to install a security system. And, you know, he's like, okay. So I must have been in the other room. I think I was cooking dinner. And he does that. And anyway, five minutes later, he's stealing my stuff again. And I've literally got my hands covered in food. And Jeremy's like, don't worry, I'll deal with it. And he goes in there, he starts bursting out laughing. And my husband never laughs. He's the most stoic person ever. And I was like, this i got to see. So I'm like coming out of the kitchen, chicken all over my hands. Don't touch me. What's happening? And he's like, it's the repo man. Anyway, I burst out laughing. And Casimir's like, what's a repo man? Like, I don't understand. And he's like, well, when you don't pay your bills, they repossess your stuff. Yeah. He's like, you have to pay bills? <laughs> <laughs> every time they come and took the stuff he just bought it again yeah. and he's like and it's like this is what it's like to be an adult there is utilities there's you know expenses mm-hmm. when it comes you can't just ignore it and he's like oh being an adult so hard he's <laughs> never gonna want to grow up <laughs> but I think you know sometimes the grass is always greener I remember being a kid and my kids often say it too when I'm an adult I'm gonna eat ice cream all the time or I'm gonna do this it's like right. yeah you say that now well, yeah 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 I'm sure you're sure you're never gonna let your kids make them eat vegetables <laughs> you have a whole different we'll do chores or we'll do chores yeah exactly exactly <laughs> so why do you think it's so hard for women to say no oh there's there's many layers to it I think part of it is you know we want people to like us and we worry if we Mm -hmm. say no then they won't like us or we've had experiences that you know we've had no said to us and we've made it mean something so we've tied it to our worth or our value or whatever and saying no 
can actually bring people closer because like it's a way to show that you want them in your life. Like you're saying no, setting boundaries, because if you didn't want them in your life, then you just leave them on red or ghost or whatever. And yeah. I think it's a it's a way to bring people close together. Like if someone says, hey, do you want to go to the movies? Like what's just started here? Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy at the time of recording this. Sue, do you want to go and see Guardians of the Galaxy? I actually do like sci-fi, like Marvel. But if I didn't, <laughs> you might be like, well, I'll say yes, because they might never invite me again. And then you right. go along, you're like, oh, my goodness. Like if period dramas. Like yeah, my mum loves like, like Downton Abbey and stuff. I can't stand them. Ooh. And But I go... Because it's like, oh, it's quality time with my mum. But it's like, is it really? If one of us is like, I can't wait till this ends, I'm falling asleep. Yeah. Yeah. If one of you is miserable, like, is it really? So if you change it and you go, thank you so much for inviting me, I appreciate it. Because that's true. I I love the invite. Not actually into sci-fi. I'm not actually into period dramas. Like, what else is showing? Um, then you actually open up because people do like more than one movie or more than one food. And I think so often right. we don't say no because we we value the the initiation and the invitation or the the request for connection and we feel that if we turn it or or twist it by saying you know not that but how about then that is you know rude and it's like no I'm reclaiming that's not rude that's actually amazing because then you can find a common ground yeah yeah no all of that all of that (laughs) (laughs) that's exactly yeah because we do we we think it's going to damage our relationship with somebody by saying no when in reality, it actually allows them, like, it's like that boundaries, like others treat you how you treat yourself and like how you, the boundaries you set, allow others to see how you can be treated and how you want to be treated. And so it gives them something to expect. Yes. It gives that Brene Brown says clear is kind. So when somebody has really good boundaries, you know what to expect from them, but also it can, if people are willing and open to it, make much deeper conversations. So for example, I run an online business and my sister had a bricks and mortar business. Like she sold craft supplies that she recently transitioned to online um, and got a shed at her house and posts it from, from where she lives. And she said to me, Suzanne, can you help me set up a YouTube channel? And I'm like, well, well, yes, I could like, you know, technically, however, I'm really not the best suited because I have a online business. Bricks and mortar is very different. And although I could, I don't know the ins and outs of SEO and and optimizing. And, you know, we ended up having quite a quite a Barney, <laughs> quite a fight about this because she was like, you don't care about me and you don't want to help me and you think you're so much better. And I'm like, no, no, hold up. It's in service to me if I recommend somebody who this is their business, this is what they do. So you are found and yeah. you can, you know. Yeah, and she's getting an we, expert. She's getting definitely more quality like than she would get just higher. So I can totally see how she'd be like, oh, she doesn't have time for me. She doesn't care. She's too busy. And I was like, no, my no is not, not you know, so in the end, I was like, if you want to set it up, 100%, I can do it. So I did. And this was probably going on a year ago now. Um, and it, it doesn't have many subscribers. It's not really. And she goes, it's not opt. I'm like, because it's not optimized. I told you so. <laughs> like, you know, if you had, this is, this, you know, uh-huh. like, yes, I have a YouTube channel, but it's not part of my brand and priority. I just yeah. shove things there because some of my people um, prefer to read. And if you put a video on YouTube, then they can turn on subtitles. So, you know, sometimes we see somebody's business or what they're doing and we think, oh, I'll ask them. But in the scheme of what they're doing, when they say no, it's because this is like a sidearm. It's not an important part of what I'm doing. If you want it to be a priority, um, I'd get an expert. So like with my website, I didn't bother DIYing that. I was like, I'm just going to hire someone <laughs> because yeah. trust me, that's not yeah. where my skill set lies. But my YouTube is total DIY. 
Right, right. And back in your people pleasing days, you'd probably be more more likely just to jump in there and help your sister. Oh, like, 100%. Get together you, and and like... you think you're helping. And it's even things around the house. Like my, my husband doesn't have a particularly handyman skill set. He's, mm. he's an engineer. Like give him a big machine, all hot it. But, you know, like let's fix a shelf. It's a no. So we don't have tools or a garage or stuff because, and when we need it, we'll just like get a air tasker kind of thing. Can you come fix mm. this? Hire a hubby. I love it. Hire a hubby. <laughs> and my dad, he gets so affronted when he comes to visit. He's like, where's your tools? Where's your garage? Where's this? And I was like, oh, no, when we need things, we just hire someone. He's like, why would you hire someone? Are you incapable? And I was like, pretty much. But also <laughs> it's kind of like, why would we want to then store it? Like we yeah. live in a really small place. We have a really small yard. Why would I want to take up my entire garage with a lawnmower and some secateurs? Right. You know, so I think sometimes it's like getting people who are in their best skill set. And then to other people, they're like, what? You don't like to mow your lawn? I'm like, never. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So how does, when you're, when you're constantly worrying about like what other people think, um, what are you finding? Why, why do we do this? Like what other people, why does, how does this hold us back? Oh, when we're continually worrying ways. about what other people think. Because you don't remember which version of you you showed in which place. Like me, naturally, <laughs> I'm true. quite sweary. Like I'm a sweary fairy by nature and mm. I've held a lid on that for I don't know how many years. And when I you know, finally came out as like, this is how I am. And <laughs> my, if you go to my website, it's in the, it's in the top line. <laughs> you can't miss it. I remember my mum getting so offended. And after I laughed, I'm like, where do you think I learned it from? <laughs> like so often what we really get annoyed with other people is something that we you know ourselves push down ourselves but you don't remember so is this the friend that I'm you know like I have friends who are vegan and friends who are um you know certain faiths or beliefs and I'm like oh am I allowed to eat meat here am I allowed to be this here and it's kind of like me changing who I am to appease them or to whatever like when we really love and connect (laughs) with someone it's like, oh, yeah, Suzanne needs meat, and, I, and that's okay for her. But, you know, there's a difference between deliberately, like I wouldn't, as I said, I'm a sweary fairy. If I was in like an elderly people's home, I would contain that. But, you know, in the day-to-day life, it's not having to put on masks or remember which version of you is showing up here because um, that gets exhausting. Yeah, yeah. So being able to just be your authentic self regardless of, where like it'd say you know what you think of me is what you think of me it has no reflection on who I am exactly and also too then you don't really get to know you when you're always mm-hmm. pleasing others I remember in recent years when I started to be you know more me people were like you've changed you know that invariable you change yeah. that used to yeah, make yeah. you cringe inside and I was like no I haven't I've just become more me like I've always been this way and I think sometimes you know in friendships and relationships we can put on a mask. We can be a version of ourselves for a period of time, but then we slip up. It's kind of like holding a beach ball underwater. In the beginning, it's easy. Mm-hmm. But after a while, your arms get tired and the ball hits you in the face. And people's like, why did that friendship break down? It's because they saw the real you. Like if they didn't like you from day dot, but they only liked you if you always turned up and always brought food and always um, mm-hmm. were the one to offer. Like I remember I was always the friend who was like, let's go to the movies, let's do this, I'll watch your kids, whatever. And then you kind of you have this checks and balances system in your head. Well, I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll own it. I'll throw myself under the bus. And then when <laughs> something happens and you're thinking, okay, I've done all this stuff, like it's now my turn, and people with good boundaries don't reciprocate because they don't feel the need to. They're just like, yeah, no. 
get really offended. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, did how did motherhood affect your people pleasing tendencies? Do you like were you kind of already trans I, I like transitioning. You said coming transitioning. Out. Coming out. Were you already like no, transitioning? No, motherhood into affected it a lot. So so let's talk about that. How did motherhood affect it? My children are sorry, I've got this heat proof mug thing. I want to turn it off to maintain the battery. <laughs> best thing, best thing I ever bought. It was so funny in the past. What is it? Like it's a battery operated mug? That. Yes, and you can control it from your phone. It's called what? an ember. And <laughs> so you so know, funny. this is this is the this is the, the mum's thing. You make yourself a cup of tea yes, and it's cold. And you forget about that crazy. And you forget about it. And 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 so I bought this mug and then I start doing podcasts or whatever, I get talking and it's cold. Ugh. And my friend had one and I was like, I'm going to buy it. And then I saw how much it was. I was like, I'm not going to buy it. And then I'm like, no, stuff. I deserve this. I love a nice yeah. hot cup of tea. And the battery lasts for two hours and you can turn the temperature up and down from oh. your phone. It's the best thing ever. Anyway. You should become pleasing. an affiliate for it. I totally should. <laughs> totally should. You have me if so If anyone's listening, it. it's, called a, it's called an ember. You can get them from Amazon, probably okay. other places too. But um, And they come in different colors. I had to get gold to go with my pineapples. Yeah. Anyway. I'm gonna write it when down. My kids, when my kids were born, <laughs> um, this is actually part of the transition thing. I think was started from this. So, I had a friend um, who didn't have a car, so she used to, um, and this was before the time that click and collect and where they drop your groceries at home and stuff in Australia. Mm-hmm. That's really come up, especially since the pandemic. But this was like a decade ago, so that wasn't a thing. So I'd see her at the supermarket she'd catch the bus down with her son in the pram it was a whole palaver and I was like that must be really challenging and I said to her I get my groceries once a week would you like me to pick you up pop your son's car seat in next to my daughter's seat we'll go together I'll have my bags open you tie your bags off so when we put them in the boot I think you guys call it the trunk we'll know who's right, right. it's totally a thing and she's like that would be fabulous so we started it and about once a week that's what we did she'd put the car seat in we'd get the groceries and then what started to happen she'd be like she the midweek she would have forgot a few things so she'd ring or text and go hey i need some stuff can you pick me up take me to the supermarket i was like yeah sure and then it was every other day and then it was most days and like what we allow will continue and i didn't i didn't feel annoyed i didn't feel any of this sort of stuff consciously but subconsciously i must have been you know like sometimes we wonder why we suddenly lose it it's been brewing under the surface yeah so one day we went out because our kids were young at the stage where you still do the mum's group thing and you go to a park and have a picnic or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was in the bathroom in the stalls and she came in with someone. So she didn't know I was in there and she wanted something or other from somewhere. And then she said, um, Suzanne's my little bitch. She'll, she'll take me or whatever. Oh and I my was like, gosh. <laughs> like me today would have thrown open that stall door and said hello you know like it would have been oh my a thing but I just didn't wow. say anything and I was like so annoyed oh and I would... um I didn't handle the situation well there's a reason I became a boundaries coach because you <laughs> teach what you most need to learn so you can learn it right. and as a result right. that friendship ended up blowing up spectacularly I'll spare yeah, you all the like details but people can be you can get so self-righteous and yes I could but the thing is it wasn't like there took two to tango here. I did not communicate 
any, I didn't say no any of those times or yeah. not today or whatever. I didn't say, actually, this is becoming a little bit inconvenient for me. I didn't ask for contributions for petrol money or fuel. Right. Or like, you know, I played a big part in this. And I think sometimes when we get stuck a lot in our victim or martyr archetype, it's always them. They're right. the bad person. They're this. I don't know. I did not speak up. I did not ask. I did not okay. convey. And when the friendship ended up ending, uh, I did not. My part of that was you know, was contributing 50-50. Yeah. But from there, it was kind of like that was a real seed that it was like, you know, once I got over my righteous indignation to go, what part (laughs) did I play in this? Right. Because when these things keep happening to us, like the same movie with different actors. What's the common denominator here? (laughs) (laughs) The common denominator is me. So it was kind of like, communicating and things and so now if people want things or we have things that we agreed on having that difficult conversation because setting a boundary is one thing it's upholding it's maintaining it's Mm. reminding it it's not getting in your head they don't care about me or they don't feel like no everybody is a leading lady of their own life everyone else is a secondary character so it's just a reminder of like you know this starts at this time or if you're not available, uh, uh, you know, I, I will wait for five minutes or whatever your thing is mm-hmm. and then they get to choose, do they want to come on your car or not? Right. So, right. Yeah. It's like shifting that mindset of like just that you are 100% responsible for your own life. Like nobody else is going to – I just saw a thing the other day. What was it? It was something like um, – I shouldn't have even brought it up because now I can't even think of it, but it was <laughs> – it was on the same thing like that, like takers or or takers don't have any boundaries. So givers yes. have to create their own boundaries because otherwise you're. Yeah. You givers have, have to have boundaries because takers don't have any. Right. And, there you, you know, and, and then you end up being, um, being. Completely like depleted, taken advantage depleted, of. Taken like, advantage of, but you've let that happen. Like you mm-hmm. haven't said no, or you haven't yeah. said, you you sure I'll help you. So it's so funny now when I do do things for people, people often think I'm blunt or rude or uncaring. And I was like, no, I say I'll be here yeah. at this time. Like even in my own program, I, I do group coaching calls and sometimes mm-hmm. I, I change the time zone because I have a global audience. Sometimes right. they're not attended. So I'm like, if nobody comes, I'm not going to stand, stand here for an hour and talk to myself in the right. Zoom room. I'll wait right. for five minutes yeah, and then I'll end the call. Right. And people are like, oh, but, 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 and I was like, no, I've I've got things to do. You've with. Last set night, your boundaries. Funny. I had this happen. Time. I waited. Nobody came. Went and did a meditation. Went to bed. It was great. Mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that's always a struggle. Like especially with with husbands and wives. Like um, when they're like, "Well, my husband doesn't do anything," or like, "My husband doesn't offer to do anything." And like, and I'm like, "No, it is takes two to tango. Like you've got to recognize your own role and what you're playing in that because." you're the only one you can only change yourself like otherwise you're exactly. just nagging and getting frustrated and getting discouraged like all of these things you're feeling it's because they're not changing like you've got to change yourself and, and you've, you've also got to, got to find what works for that other person to step up because sometimes with you know partners husbands or whatever our standards and their standards are totally different so mm-hmm. when we say hey can you do this they think they've done it they've followed through to yeah. the to the ability that they wanted it done like right. even with task allocation or or whatever it's like he'll do it but I have to keep asking him 
Yeah. It's like, but there's a difference between like I'm handing this over and this is now yours, right? And it's right. It, I'm carrying the emotional labor of this and having to remind you, yeah. And it takes time to establish. And you look at other people and you go, oh, they do it so seamlessly on the outside, but you don't <laughs> know how long it's come to that. So right. like, um, I'm thinking, what do you call it? Uh, school permission slips for, um, things. It was funny. Ooh. My kids when they started school. I, it always got on top of me, like, oh, the kids, I forgot it was free dress day or I didn't send a gold coin for the cake stand or whatever. And one day I had a moment, you know, straw broke the camel's back and I was totally melting down about this. And my husband, bless his cotton socks, he's like, how hard can it be? You get the notice from the bag, you you action it or whatever. Like he, he, he didn't mean to be sarcastic, so but he so was. And I was like, you get the notice from the bag. You get the notice from the bag. I'm like, do you know it's an app? It's an app. They don't do notices in the bag. That was when we went to school. And he's like, what? So from that moment, I was like, if it's so easy, how about you do it? And I fully handed over, like delegated that to him. And he's like, okay. And then and like half an hour later, he's like, when I calm down, he's like, what's the app called? Yeah. <laughs> I actually did a very similar thing. And it was with our tenants, our son's tenants. And he was like asking me different things. And I was like, listen, I'm like, the parents have an app. I'm like, you can do it. And then he's like, well, how do I do that? What's the new? I'm like, this is so <laughs> like <laughs> all I had to like, just hold it down. Like they've been in tennis two years now. <laughs> exactly. The whole, like weaponized incompetence thing. Like, okay. It's understandable. He doesn't know because he hasn't had to know, but now he's like interested. So like, yes, you can do it. You can load the dishwasher and you can do it your way. Like, don't think you have to do it my way. And that's the thing that we got to let go of. We've got oh, have you seen that, that meme that goes around? Um, it says in every relationship, there's two people: one who um stacks a dishwasher like a rabid raccoon, <laughs> and one who does it like with military precision or something like that. And I'm like, yeah, I'm the rabid raccoon of the yeah. family. Like, <laughs> yeah. So let's talk a little bit about mom guilt, and or not even mom guilt, just guilt. Period, and how that plays a role in not being able to. like hold boundaries where do you think there is so much guilt being a mum because you know you hear when they come home from school and their friends got this or their friends doing that and and then you know you you want to you know you want to you want to do what's best for your kids you want them to be happy you want whatever but sometimes it's like there's enabling or there is you know and it's like one of my um friend's kids got something recently. I can't remember what it was. It was school holidays here. And it was actually so funny because my son was so insightful about it. He's like, we didn't do a lot of things on the school holidays, but we did them as a family, like close and local and all this sort of stuff. Whereas they got this, I can't remember what it was. And he's like, but he never sees his daddy because he's always at work. So, you know, that sometimes we like, I want to give them everything. I want them to have the best of everything. So I work really hard at the expense of having a relationship and connection time. And sometimes we have the relationship and connection time, but then we don't have the the, the bells and whistles and they do all the things. Mm-hmm. But it's deciding that, you know, you guys get to decide your dynamic, your what works for you. Some people, like there's the grass is always greener. So, you know, which thing is it? And it's I think it's so, such a great lesson for kids to learn at a young age that we don't necessarily get everything in life. 
And sometimes you get the thing and then you're already wanting the next thing. Mm-hmm. So for me, you know, for, for mum guilt and or, or I suppose the biggest one is say something happens and they injure themselves or they're, or they're sick. Um, I can't remember who it is. It's like Gandhi or somebody who's like there's the two types of pain. There's the initial pain, but then there's the suffering. Mm-hmm. So like I remember um, my son hurt himself recently, not badly, but, I was like, oh, that's bad. And then I was like, I shouldn't have left it there. Like I left it there so he tripped over it. So the mum guilt is like if I had cleaned up after myself, if I had, you know, so it's just kind of looking at things happen and we do the best that we can with what we have. And when we know better, we'll do better. Like don't leave Mm -hmm. it in the middle of the thing. But, yeah, the pain, pain happens, but the suffering and the guilt is kind of optional and Yeah, sometimes they've got to learn the lessons and we've got to learn the lessons and it doesn't bother me as much as it used to because I know that we have the relationship that we have and we make the most. But I talk a lot about my kids in my social media, in my newsletter. And I remember one day a lady wrote back to me and she was like, I feel like such a bad mum. Like you're such an awesome mum. You post about what you do with your kids and everything. And I was like, you only see a snapshot. Right, and you follow right. somebody One on socials, you see a reel, <laughs> you see whatever, you see 15 seconds, 30 seconds. Mm. Even if they post frequently, you see, you know, probably what adds up to a couple of minutes in an entire day. Yeah. Most people don't post the shit show behind the scenes. Right. So don't right. ever compare your everyday stuff to someone else's highlight reel. Yeah. So I always have, I'm like, there is so much stuff that happens behind the scenes. Like, and I, rarely when my kids are having a temper tantrum or like, everyone's fighting do I think oh let me pull out my camera and take a picture of this like I just don't think of that and I'm like so you're going to get those moments when everybody's getting along when things are calm when we're having fun and I'm like hey let's yeah, let's capture this moment let's capture <laughs> this moment <laughs> I'm not thinking about it in those other times so that's just what we post and it's hard to that compare game getting yourself out yes. of that like but definitely being aware that it's happening and what so I'm curious what did you respond to did you just share with that that oh I did and also I'm like and look at all the things because you know I have posted the the temper tantrum or this or that or you know the challenging things and a lot of people say not many people post that and it's like it's not posted to get everyone to go, oh, poor you or whatever. Right. It's to post it to show the totality of life. Yeah, this is real. You know, like, you know, when you, when you clean up somewhere and you're so excited, you're like, look at my pristine kitchen, and you turn around meanwhile in the lounge room. Right. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, I love that, know, one, that one where they do the, um, where they'll take a picture of, like, the clean, they'll be like, quick, hurry up and, and look, because don't blink, because it's not going to look like this in two seconds. <laughs> like, that, we, that is reality. Where we're living currently we're renting so three or four times a year the owners come do the inspection whatever mm. and the inspection was yesterday so the night before vacuumed mopped I was like look at this look at this you could eat off this floor not <laughs> do not recommend but then the kids are like can we make fairy bread and to anyone listening I don't let them do this all the time it's an Australian dish it's disgusting it's basically bread butter and sprinkles oh, it's like you know it's a thing and I unthinkingly said yeah okay like and anyway, when I came to the kitchen afterward, I was like, you guys get back in here. Did you see this floor before? Look at this floor now. You... <laughs> so, like, it, it happens. Um, and we all have moments where we say things where we're like, oh, if anyone else heard that or, yeah, yeah. that wasn't in my highest and best. Um, but it's just just the reminding it that it happens to all of us. And, yeah, 
we have our moments. Well, one second. I'm going to pause and then I'll edit this part out. Hold on one second. Okay. We're, we're switching couches. <laughs> if you want me to come help on the couch. Um, okay. So what do you do for fun, Suzanne? As I say. Oh, wait, wait. Before my, my... we get into that. Before we get into that. Do you have any final advice for our listeners? Oh, yes. You can be a masterpiece and a work in progress at the same time. So, you know, we all can get really hard on ourselves or down on ourselves because of where we want to be and then we miss where we are now. So it's like whatever you're trying to change or grow or develop, it can be a work in progress. But at the same time, you know, when you know better, you do better and you're always doing your best. Your best gets to get better. So don't let the fact that you want this and you're not there yet stop you from taking that action today and appreciating where you're at right now. Awesome. That's some great, great words of advice. Hey mom, short on time, but feeling like you're at the end of your rope or that your bucket is nearing empty. Grab this list of 15 self-care practices that you can do in under 15 minutes. These ideas will get you quickly back on track and are great for moms who are limited on time. I think that's most of us. So check out the show notes or go to momswithoutcapes.com backslash self-care-ideas to download your list today. So what do you do for fun? Well, that's such a great question because my <laughs> go-to answer used to be, I'm a mum, like, you right? know, a hot cup that's, of tea, but now that's now why I ask this. Time. <laughs> moms can give themselves permission to, to have some fun. But, oh, 100%. So. Um, I absolutely love burlesque dancing. So totally oh, but okay. only online i don't do it in person okay um there's a lady called kalita maloof highly recommend her she um runs burlesque from the inside out and i also like diamond dots do you know what that is yes yeah you I do most people good. don't know so anyone listening yeah, it's like a lazy person's cross stitch yes so instead of having a needle which you have to worry about with young kids you have these little sticky mat and dots and you pick them up and you put them on the the thing the and wax, um right like yeah, yeah. <laughs> I totally most people's like they're so mind-numbingly boring and i'm like no nah, i put on like the bachelor or some really bad reality show that you don't mm. really want to watch but you kind of listen and right. then i'm watching the the diamond dot thing and i i totally love it. i got I tried to get my kids into it it lasted about 30 seconds so now I've got a Minnie Mouse one and um, the Avengers to finish for them that I bought for them because they're like, yeah, we'll do this. And they did not. <laughs> yeah, that's what we have. We have half completed ones, not even half complete. Like they get into it and then they'll do it a little bit. And then I think they, the beads get lost. <laughs> or the dark. My favorite one was the Hogwarts Castle, Harry Potter, because okay. it glowed in the dark. So, um, it, but the thing is doing it was really boring because it was like two colors, yeah. but when I finished yeah. it, shining the light on it and then turning the lights off and having the glow in the dark Hogwarts castle was mm. amazing. <laughs> so do you have a book that you can recommend? Uh, I actually have two. <laughs> okay. One of them, it's a book, it's for adults and children. It's called Spoon. Um, okay. and it's by, it's by Amy Rosenthal. And what I love about it is we often will look to others and go, I want to be like them. They have this, they have that. So in the book, the spoon is like, I want to be knife. He gets to cut things. He gets to spread things. I want to be chopsticks, you know. And then what spoon misses is his 
what's so great about him. Mm. And he finds out later in the book, Knife's like, I want to be Spoon. He gets to dive headfirst into ice cream. And the Chopstick's like, I want to be Spoon. He gets to go to places solo because Chopsticks yeah. always have to be together. <laughs> right, right, right. And it's just such a great lesson, I think, for adults and children alike to when we're always looking to everybody else and what we love about mm. them and how we wish that was us, we yeah. overlook our own genius. So mm. it's a really quick read. It's a kid's book, but as I said, and then um, the other book I recommend, shameless plug, my own. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I've written a book called The Beginning of Shit, an okay. unapologetic weight loss memoir. So that was about my my weight journey and my people-pleasing journey. It's available on Amazon and stuff. If you're going to look for it, type in Suzanne Kohlberg. Word to the wise, if anybody in the audience wants to write a book, because how many of us are always like, I'm going to write a book one day. I want to write a book. What put a swear word say? in the title. If you put a swear word in title, like a lot of us will put the asterisks in to hide it, which makes right. sense. Right. You cannot search for it. Like if you put oh, it in correct okay. spelling, it won't find it. And if you don't get the right symbol, it won't find it. So oh, your readers are going to have to look yeah. up your name. So you. like I love okay. Sarah Knight because she has a whole series of them. But yeah. unless you type Sarah Knight, you can't actually find them because That's funny. the symbol yeah. is different on different keyboards. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So my next book, which will be upcoming, will no longer have <laughs> lesson <title>. learned. <laughs> exactly. So, where can listeners find you, Suzanne? Uh, head over to my website, suzannekolberg.com. I know you'll put the link in the show notes. I have my own podcasts, um, the the Nope Coach, which is a <laughs> my solo show, and over it. Um, so that's a, a co-hosted show. Um, come check me out. And I'm also on Instagram, Facebook, all the socials, but, um, yeah, I don't hang out a lot on socials. I'm more, I send a weekly newsletter, um, and you'll get to see some behind the scenes, colorful ups and downs of <laughs> my parenting. <laughs> well, awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me on It's been fabulous. Today's episode is sponsored by the Supermom Detox, an incredible coaching program designed to help moms take off their supermom cape and feel comfortable in their own skin. Have you felt like you've lost yourself since becoming a mom because you got caught up in the idea that you have to take care of everyone and everything else and sacrifice who you are to be the kind of mom you want to be? The Supermom Detox will guide you in rediscovering who you are and getting yourself off the back burner and onto solid ground. This amazing program will teach you how to let go of perfectionism, people-pleasing, unrealistic expectations, unhealthy boundaries, and negative thought patterns that are keeping you stuck. Motherhood can be so much more enjoyable when you learn to take care of yourself the way you deserve. Stop feeling guilty or bad about making time for yourself. You are so worthy of taking up space. Find out more about the Supermoms Detox by clicking the link in today's show notes and signing up for a call with me. If nothing else, you'll get clear on what's keeping you on the back burner. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Moms Without Caves podcast. I'm always up to hearing your ideas for future episodes, so send me a DM and let me know. And if you enjoyed today's episode, it would be awesome if you'd leave me a positive review wherever you're listening to podcasts these days. Until next time, take care of you. You are worth it.